Chapter 17 of Australia, New Zealand, and Some Other Islands of the South Seas by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. The Three R's in Australia. Away off here on the other side of the globe, I have had a reminder of home. In the offices of the Minister of Public Instruction of New South Wales, I found letters sent to Australia by children in the United States. Some of our school teachers interest their classes in geography by having the pupils exchange letters with boys and girls in other parts of the world. One such letter, which now lies before me, came from a 13-year-old boy in Nebraska and was answered by a Sydney lad of the same age. Both letters were read in class, and here is what the Australian children heard about our Cornhusker state. I live near Maitland, Nebraska. This is a fine place only dry and windy at times. Next, I will tell you what we grow here. We use plows to stir up the ground and harrows to level it off. We plant oats and corn with a machine called a corn planter. We cultivate the corn with the cultivator three times. We cut the oats with a binder, shock it up, and when it is dry, it is hauled to the house and stacked. In the fall, when the corn gets ripe, we have to husk it and crib it up to keep it for our stock or sell it if we want to. Our school begins at nine o'clock in the morning and closes at four o'clock in the afternoon. Then we go home and do our chores and get ready for supper. After supper, I help in my father's store. Most of the girls help their mothers do housework. When they think they get old enough, they get married if they can find somebody to suit them. Well, I guess I will close. Yours truly, Arthur Ashley. Australia has good public schools. In all the states, primary education is free and compulsory. In New South Wales, if children between 7 and 14 are not sent to school, their parents are fined $1.25 for the first offense and $5 or 7 days imprisonment for each subsequent one. There are school officers who hunt up absent pupils and the truants are sure to be caught. In Sydney, a special school for truants has been established with a trained psychologist in charge who makes a study of the causes and cure of playing hooky. The Australians try to give every child a chance to go to school, but this is often difficult in the sparsely settled areas. In many districts, children must go by train to the nearest school, and some of the state-owned railroads give them passes on which they ride back and forth every day without any charge. Where there are a dozen pupils in a neighborhood, provisional schools are established. When attendance rises above 12, the provisional school goes on the regular public school list. If there are not enough scholars for a provisional school, what is known as a half-time school is formed, which is visited by a teacher on alternate days. In still more thinly peopled districts, teachers go from house to house. During one year, 14 itinerant teachers in Queensland traveled a total of 67,000 miles to give instruction to 1,800 pupils. In that state also, there are 10 schools where small groups of children of outlying districts have a teacher only once a week on Saturdays. New South Wales has three traveling schools. Each consists of a wagon or automobile with a tent for the teacher and one for the school. The teacher drives up, sets up his tents, takes out his books, administers a dose of instruction, and at the end of a week moves on to the next place. 
new south wales has also correspondence courses for pupils cut off from other means of education grade subjects are taught by mail to children between the ages of seven and fourteen these courses were started in nineteen sixteen as an experiment and have grown so popular that there are now seven hundred children enrolled at the department of education at sydney and fifteen teachers are required to direct their work it is no wonder that practically every man woman and child in the commonwealth can read and write a fact that should take some of the conceit out of us when we recall that in the united states twenty five per cent of the men examined for our army in the world war were illiterates the australian school child's health is well looked after medical inspection and often medical treatment is provided in the city schools and the school departments of several of the states have traveling hospitals and traveling medical dental and eye clinics for many years australia had few public high schools and state education stopped at the age of twelve or fourteen years but high schools are now quite common and are growing in numbers and in the variety of subjects taught the schools of art are a feature of education in this part of the world in queensland the government contributes dollar for dollar or rather pound for pound to any town that raises a fund for this purpose for instance if a village will put up one thousand pounds to establish a library and school of art the government will give another thousand and will continue its gifts as the people give more these schools of art teach not only drawing painting and music but also typewriting and stenography and in fact about everything you will find offered in the young men's christian association courses in the united states all have reading rooms and their libraries are well supplied and largely patronized the school of arts in sydney has a library of sixty thousand volumes in addition to these schools every city of any size has its technical schools sydney has a technological museum with eighty two thousand exhibits including one thousand specimens of wool the museum building alone cost one hundred thousand dollars in melbourne there is a working men's college with buildings and equipment worth upward of a quarter of a million dollars the college is open to both sexes and now has enrolled more than two thousand students many of its classes are held in the evening when there are lectures upon applied science engineering mining commercial law and other technical subjects as well as on the leading trades the twenty-five technical schools of victoria are under the direction of the education department among the trade subjects taught are photography wood and metalworking plumbing and gas fitting carpentry coach building wool sorting and house and sign painting with cooking and dressmaking for the girl students every state in the commonwealth has its university at the state capital i visited sydney university which has about as many students both men and women as leland stanford university in california it confers degrees in art science law and medicine and the courses embrace all branches except theology its graduates are received at oxford and cambridge on an equal footing with those from british institutions the same thing is true of graduates of the university of melbourne compared with the enrollment at similar institutions in the united states the attendance at australia's high schools and universities is not large our state of washington and the state of victoria have about the same population yet washington's high schools and its state university 
have four times as many pupils and students as have the victoria secondary schools and the university of melbourne combined in all the state universities together there are less than seven thousand undergraduates as a people the australians are sometimes criticized for not being interested in higher education in fact the true stories of the thousands of american boys and girls who make sacrifices and do all kinds of work to put themselves through college read like fiction to the young australian every state has its agricultural college and all run experimental farms to develop new methods and new crops agricultural experts are sent traveling around the country lecturing to the farmers and special schools are organized to meet any new need for example in order to help the dairy farmers build up a big business the state governments had their agricultural schools give instruction in making butter and cheese the result is that there are now a number of large butter and cheese factories in every state and the exports of dairy products are rapidly increasing victoria and new south wales now produce more than one hundred and twenty five million pounds of butter and about fifteen million pounds of cheese every year the dairy cows of new south wales alone yield enough milk annually to give a gallon to every man woman and child in the united states while if the butter export of the commonwealth were sent to us we would get nearly a pound apiece most of the australian butter sold abroad goes to british markets the beginning of dairying in victoria is interesting one of the butter makers talked to me about it while i was in melbourne said he twenty-five years ago we made no butter to speak of our total shipments did not amount to more than fifty thousand pounds a year then the government came in and helped the farmers it arranged a scale of bounties for butter exports which was to continue for four years for the first year we were to receive from the government a bonus of four cents per pound for all the butter shipped the second year three cents the third year two cents and the fourth year one cent the people at once began to study and experiment men who until then would not have a dairy cow on their places bought good stock and now our butter is selling at high prices in both asia and europe we use american machinery in our dairies the number and circulation of australian newspapers show that there is no lack of interest in reading among the people including the magazines and the trade journals nearly a thousand newspapers and periodicals are published on the continent in melbourne the leading dailies are the argus the age and the herald the sydney herald is taken in all parts of australia and one sees the sydney mail everywhere brisbane adelaide and perth have both morning and afternoon dailies and in fact there is scarcely a large town on the continent which has not four or more papers the most popular weeklies are the sydney bulletin and the melbourne australian the adelaide observer the west australian and the sunday sun the big city newspapers have saturday editions of many pages which sell at four cents a copy and go out to all parts of the commonwealth there are all sorts of agricultural journals cheap journals and financial journals as a rule the australian newspapers are less sensational than those in the united states yet more lively than the english newspapers judging by the amount of advertising they carry i should say that the owner of a popular australian paper has a gold mine End of chapter 17